This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 534 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, and Herm Springer. On tonight's USDF episode, we have Melissa Scholdelbauer on to talk about the Adequin USDF convention coming up in December. Then Vivian Schmidt has lots of educational tips about bits. And finally, listener Ruth McCormick talks about dressage at Devon for our Total Saddle Fit Trainer Tip of the Week. Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. Hi, Reese. How are you doing? Uh, well, I am good. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people are in the same boat. It was 100 degrees here today, and it's been 100 degrees all week. We have broken records every day. So, quite hot. Good. And we were at, no, it was very well. hot. It was very hot. It was, it was when we had the thoroughbred makeover this week and Dominique lean shout out to her. She did a great job and uh, upped her percentage at 5% from the last horse show. So we were really excited for her and, and having it be a hundred degrees with a lot of thoroughbreds off the track, not necessarily the worst thing on the, in the That's planet. Not the worst. <laughs> yeah. That, that can help for, for optimal dressage performances yes. in some situations. Yep, much calmer with most horses, but it was a great week, and the show is still actually going on, but it was a really good good week and a good, great participation, and I will say a lot of people were there, and the horses, the quality of riding has really increased at that competition, so that was really cool to see, so huge shout out to those guys that, that rode, and but yeah, so Phil, it's probably not that hot in Canada right now. No, we had a warm day, and then it's it's gotten quite cool and, and very rain, very sort of October-y weather happening which is fine it's to be expected you know so yeah we're just closing up with a few things there's some clinics going on around the area near the end of the month robert dover is coming to give a clinic and ingrid klimka almost back-to-back days well not almost there will be back-to-back days robert dover ingrid klimka is happening so really looking forward to that and you know kind of some fall stuff happening you know it's it's been good i love it yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, we have a great show tonight. This is our USDF episode. So we're going to start with their commercial break. And then we're going to come back with Melissa from the office to tell us a little bit about the Adequan USDF convention coming up in December. Founded in 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org, your online destination for dressage. Well, this evening, we are really excited for our USDF segment of the month to have Melissa Schuldenbauer. She is the membership department manager. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We have a lot going on at USDF right now. I think you guys are probably really busy over there at the office. And one of the biggest things is uh, the USDF annual convention. And can you tell us where it's going to be and what the dates are for this year? Yes, 
absolutely. It's coming up quick. It's, this year it's going to be in uh, beautiful Savannah, Georgia, at the Western Savannah Harbor Golf Resort and Spa. And it's going to take place December 4th, which is a Wednesday, through December 7th, which is a Saturday. Fantastic. And it's in Savannah, Georgia. And what hotel? Where is it going to be located? It's at the Western Savannah Harbor Golf Resort and Spa. Yes, I heard spa. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sounds nice, doesn't it? It sounds great. So what can we expect while we're heading to Savannah? Because I'm, I'm, I'm heading there myself. Well, there's going to be a lot going on that week. Anyone who's ever been to the convention knows. We have, throughout the week, attendees will be able to attend open committee meetings, forums, roundtable discussions. And then, of course, we have education sessions every day. We have one Thursday evening, Friday evening, throughout the day on Saturday. And then on Friday afternoon and Saturday morning, we'll have the Board of Governors General Assembly, You know, which is where a lot of the business takes place. Yes, and it and it is a very exciting because you can win baskets. Can you tell people about this? Because I didn't know it was my first time as a delegate last year. I didn't realize there were these amazing baskets, and I, I won one. It was awesome. Oh, the baskets are the best part of the bog. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants the baskets. So what the baskets are, GMOs are group member organizations, which are you know local dressage clubs that are affiliated with USDF. They'll donate a basket to the convention, and it just kind of shows off. They put stuff in that shows off their area, their region, their GMO. And then throughout the Board of Governors meeting, they'll draw names out of a box. So you just fill out a slip, put it in the box, and then they do drawings throughout the, the Board of Governors meeting. And they'll typically have around 40, 45 baskets. So there's a lot of GMOs that, that take part in this, so there's a lot of winners. And they're they're always okay. very popular. So, Melissa, tell us, what are some educational, there's always uh, lectures that are happening. What are some examples of those lectures that are happening? Well, so this year, this is just, uh, you know, some of the ones that we're going to have. We have an education session that's going to be geared toward GMOs and, and GMO finances. And that's going to actually be led by USDS Audit Committee Chair Iris Berdrow. We'll have a session on... Uh, Developing freestyles, why equine confirmation matters to the aspiring FEI rider. There's going to be one on a tire and another one that's going to be on the newest uh, bits and bridles that are out. And then, of course, we have managing equine degenerative joint disease. So kind of an array of topics that are covered every year, and they, they vary each year. Oh, awesome. So say I've been a member and I've never gone to convention before and I don't know what it's all about and I sort of want to start, you know, get involved with USDF and, and is is this a good place to start? And, you know, how do I, you know, who could I email to say, you know, I, I, I want to be involved, but I'm coming alone maybe, you know, how would I get involved? Well, there's a number of ways you can get involved. Of course, we have a number of committees and all of our committees are listed on the USDF website. And the contact information for the chair and liaison and all the committee members are on there. So if there's a a committee that you're interested in serving on, you can certainly email the liaison of the committee or the chair. And then we also, you know, we have delegates. We have participating member delegates and group member delegates. And those are the people who do the voting at the Board of Governors General Assembly. And, of course, there's just a lot of opportunities for networking. 
And a lot of the people who come to convention are committee members or delegates. So if you want to get involved in the governance aspect of USDF, you can really just come and talk to anybody, go to the committee meetings. You know, we have open committee meetings that all attendees can go to, ask questions. There's there's really a lot of opportunity. Awesome. No, it's for, yeah, for sure. So Melissa, tell us a little bit about the Salute Gala, because that's always a, a fun thing that goes on. Oh, it really is. So Saturday evening on December 7th, we have the Salute Gala and Annual Awards Banquet, which is where we celebrate our members' accomplishments. It's a really fun evening. Uh, we have a cocktail hour that starts at 5.30 and goes to 6.30. And then we have a dinner that begins at 6.30 with the start of the, the Salute Gala. This year, we're going to be recognizing the athletes from the Pan Am Games during the Salute Gala. And then, of course, we've got two Hall of Fame inductees who are Axel Steiner and Jane Savoy. So they're both going to be honored during the gala. And then after the gala, we move into the year-end awards and the rider awards. Um, And it's just, it's a a very nice evening, a nice dinner. Um, A lot of people show up. You know, it's nice to see people that, that you haven't seen all year. It's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a really nice evening. It is. It's it, Convention is really fun and it's really worth going. And, and Savannah is such a fantastic city. I'm looking forward to going myself. And uh, But it really is a great way to get involved and learn about the organization. And you can get more and more involved as you go. There's people that go to every convention. And, and I was a newbie last year, so I was glad to to be there and to, to see what happens. So it's definitely a great way to do it. So how can people find like all the information, hotel, et cetera? Oh, absolutely. So we have a convention website. If you go to usdf.org slash convention, you'll find everything you need to know, the deadlines for the advanced registration for the convention, which is November 26th. And then, of course, the hotel deadline. If you want to reserve a room at the hotel, the USDF rate, you'll have to do that by November 11th. But all of the information is there, the agenda, information about the hotel, the area, Anything you'd want to know about convention is, is there. Fantastic. And how could people, if they have any questions, can they email you directly? Yes, absolutely. They can email me at members, M-E-M-B-E-R-S, at usdf.org. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, and we look forward to seeing you in Savannah. All right. Thanks, Reese. Well, I'm looking forward to the convention in Savannah. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to come back after this short commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products from Vivian Schmidt from Herm Springer. The sun is just peeking above the tree line as you walk into the barn. You grab your horse's halter off the hook and head out to the field. The dew shimmers in the sun as you walk across the damp grass. You call his name and his head comes up as he walks toward you looking for the apple in your pocket. You take your time grooming, enjoying the peace and quiet in the empty barn. A refreshing breeze greets you as you start down the tree-lined path. Your horse ambles along on a loose rein as you both enjoy a relaxing ride. The feeling you get on an early morning hack is why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Microphase. Fill the nutritional gaps in your horse's diet Microphase vitamin and mineral supplement is a low-calorie way to provide your horse with the vitamins and minerals missing from their diet. The horse that matters to you matters to us.
Well, I've been looking forward to this segment all day with Vivian Schmidt. She is the U.S. Marketing and Sales Director for Hemspinger Bit Company. Well, well, thank you. Good to be back. Well, I think today we're going to be talking about some things that are new in bits and, and what, what Hemspinger has been up to in their research and development project. Uh, give us a little uh, a little intro into this. Yeah, well, the timing is great. I just got back recently from Spoga, and Spoga is the large trade show that we have in Germany. Spoga stands for sport and garden. So sport is where the riding sport obviously comes in. And then there's a huge garden aspect to the trade show as well. So it's a very large, very fun trade show. And it's really the the main German trade show. So the German companies, of course, sort of save a lot of their you know, big new items and new products to show at Spoga. So that was just a couple of weeks ago. And Springer debuted some very interesting new items, including a slimline bit line. So most of our bits have always been traditionally 16 millimeters in thickness or 14 millimeters in thickness. And now we've introduced some 12 millimeter bits as well, which is exciting. So Vivian, can you tell us why has Springer gone to a slimmer bit? Sure. I think all of us, well, many of us (laughs) grew up thinking, A thicker bit is a kinder bit. At least that's sort of what I remember folklore being when I was growing up and and learning to ride. And that was probably true back then when horses also were still larger, sort of the larger warm blood breeds. But, you know, it's been in the last couple of decades, breeding has really gone for more blood and a little bit more refinement in the horses. And that includes in the horse's heads. So what we're seeing now are smaller mouths, but still with about the same thickness of tongue. So we're seeing much less room within the horse's mouth to actually put this. So if you've ever gone to the dentist, I always sort of think about when I go to the dentist and I have to have those x-rays taken and they put those wings or whatever, those x-ray plates in the back of your mouth and say, oh, just press down as I leave the room and go push this button, right? Yeah, and it's yeah, kind yeah. of uncomfortable, yeah. right? And I and I kind of say that it's probably what a too thick bit must feel like to a horse. So, you know, if you're putting in a very kind, very thick, what you're thinking is a kind bit into your horse's mouth, it's only kind if there's enough room. And again, you know, we're finding that tongues are staying thick palates are getting a little bit lower and mouths just are getting smaller as we're breeding for more refinement. So that's really where, again, we're, we're all about the comfort for the horse and making it as pleasant and comfortable for the horse as possible. And that's really why we've gone to having some of our bits available now in 12 millimeters as well. So it's just comfort and, and trying to get the equipment for the changing horses confirmation, I guess, basically. Right. Absolutely. You know, um, nobody is looking at their mares and their stallions and thinking, oh, how thick is their tongue, right? They're looking at all these other aspects of of what we've done as far as dressage breeding. And I mean, this is true in the hunters and the jumpers too. I mean, you know, we're we're all going for much more refined heads and, and everybody loves that pretty horse head. But again, nobody's looking and going, oh, well, you know, now I have this small refined head, but still have this tongue that's about the same thickness that it was, you know, 40, 60 years ago in a big warm blood draft horse. So we're finding, again, there's just less space to fit 
bits. And so, especially when you're starting to talk about maybe even a double bridle, where now you're putting two bits into the horse's mouth, you know, it's really important to take a look, how much room does my horse really have in, in its mouth and sort of decide what type of thickness you're going to want as far as that comfort for your horse. You don't want extra pressure on the horse's bars. You certainly don't want to cause bruising or anything like that just because of the bit being too thick. And yet here you're thinking, oh, a thicker bit is kinder and more comfortable. And in reality, if you don't have room to accommodate that, you know, you could accidentally be bruising or or causing your horse discomfort. Yeah, actually, I have a bit of a personal story about this whole situation is that, you know, um, a, a horse earlier this summer, maybe around the spring and summer of, you know, fitting, fitting him for his double bridle. So I go into my chest of drawers of, you know, finding his sizes in, in double bridle bits and, you know, pulling out what I've got or what I think might work and, you know, looking for options. But, you know, I, I have... Uh, this whole situation where like horses I've had in the past, much bigger heads, much wider bits. So I, you know, I've got some five and three quarters, five and a half. So he's, and he's like right down a little kind of like what I would, you know, he's got like a five inch mouth. And so I'm looking for bits. Okay. I'm, I've got maybe two choices here for him. And I put the bits in his mouth and he's like, he's just trying to spit them out because they're just mm-hmm. way too big for him. Like not, not mm-hmm. width wise, you know, I got, got it right down, you know, into his width, but like too much bit, too, too much bit for his mouth. So I'm, I'm wondering, I've, I've got to maybe try and put him in a different double. I, I sort of abandoned the idea after I, I didn't have any, anything that would work. And I thought, okay, okay I've got to, got to go buy something, but it shows season now. And, you know, just, uh, wasn't right. So, well, uh, and that's it. Yeah. You don't want to change bits, you know, two days before a show for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a month before show season, but then I've got to go to the store. I've got to find some trial bits to, you know, see what's going to work for him or, you know what I mean? It can be, it can be a bit of a process if you haven't got what you need in your tickle trunk of, of bits. So, and that's so funny. Every trainer I talk to, you know, has that bit bank and has sort of the, the box of bits, right? And, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's amazing what's out there. And, and, you know, just some of the real thick millimeter widths I still find and I come across, you know, and either consignment stores or if I'm visiting trainers barns or whatever, it, it never ceases to amaze me what we keep, you know, and, but you just never know all in, you know, right? Everybody thinks, oh, oh well, yeah, there may I, be I another horse. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I would never want to have to buy the same thing again. I don't, uh, you know, <laughs> I have just tons of stuff, right? But it's like, oh, I might need that one day. So, so like, there are, shoes. yeah, so there are, I mean, there are, you mentioned like sort of the, the, the bit library. There actually are a couple of dealers who have, uh, have that, have bit centers yeah. that actually do allow you to try bits and trial bits, you know, so you aren't spending, I mean, upward, you know, you literally could spend thousands of dollars trying to find the right combination of a Verdun and a Weymouth. So there are, there are retailers that allow you to do that. And that is so, so helpful. There's also more and more bit fitters that are sort of popping up as a little bit of a new industry, so to speak. And if you have a good bit fitter in your area, that can also be extremely helpful. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. You know, because here's the other thing. I, you know, I, I say, oh, you know, we should, we should all know 
our horse's anatomy. But honestly, if you, you know, a lot of people don't even know what to look for, right? I mean, you want to basically open up your horse's mouth and you want to take a look at their tongue and you want to take a look at their palate and you want to take a look at, you know, just even the mouth, you know, from up, up to down, how much space there is or how much, you know, how much width there is in the actual lips. And, you know, then there's the difference if your horse has particularly fleshy lips or, or not. And, but if you don't have a point of reference, sometimes that's going to be really hard for you to determine, you know, what's, what's a thick tongue, what's a thin tongue, what's a low palate, what's a high palate, you know? I mean, if you don't have that reference, that's again, where, you know, a trainer, bit fitters, um, equine dentists, just veterinarians can be very helpful in, in helping you determine that if, if there are any questions, you know, is this a thin tongue? Is it a particularly thick tongue? Is it the worst is a low palate and a thick tongue? That's a right. Cause there's no room combination. Yeah. There's yeah. no room. <laughs> no room at all. No room. So tell us about the the new 12 millimeter width in the bits. Uh, Is that coming in all bits? What what do we expect here for the rollout? No. So we started first with the ever popular KK Ultra, which is, you know, sort of the the bit that has started it all and, and put Springer on the map. So the KK Ultra is the one that has the middle... Well, we have it in a single broken and we have it in a double broken, but the double broken is the one that is the mouthpiece that has the middle link shortened and angled forward. So it lies extremely comfortable on a horse's tongue. And that's the one that really, I mean, I think every dressage barn at some point, somebody has a KK Ultra, at least one in a tack locker or in a bit box somewhere. So that made a ton of sense for us. So we have that one available in a 12 millimeter and we also have them available in a little bit like what you were saying, Philip, you know, with the, with the five inch bit, we're also now finding that, you know, there are more and more horses that need four and three quarters of bits, you know, I mean, especially when you talk about a little bit, the side pieces with a snaffle, with a, with a loose ring, you can kind of get away with, you know, let's say you needed a four and a three quarter, or if you needed a five inch because that's a little bit more standard still. Let's say you needed a five inch, but you have a, a nice bit that you like that's a loose ring, but it's a five and a quarter, or even if, it, even if it measures five and a half, if it's a loose ring, you're fine. You can have a little bit of that play on either side. But if it's an egg butt or a D ring or a full cheek, if it has anything you know, with any type of sort of a side arm, you really do want those lying at the corners of the mouth. So that's where it becomes really key to know really truly the size of bit that your horse needs. Again, with a loose ring, you can you can have a little bit more play on either side. But anytime you're going with anything that has a side cheek, one of the reasons you're using a side cheek is for some of that lateral stability or you know quite a little bit of a quieter influence or whatever. If you take a size that's too big then you're just negating the entire reason that you sort of chose that, you know, side piece for the snaffle ring or even on the Burdoon, really. Yeah. Oh, but sorry, that, that was uh, total tangent. I am so sorry. <laughs> so the no, other one is great. the 12 it's, it's millimeters. So educational. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Novo Contact is also available in the 12 millimeter. That happens to be one of my favorite bits. It's a very kind bit. It has a little bit of an oval shape. It's very anatomically formed and it, has, but it has a little bit on the, if you do sort of an upward, backward half halt, so to speak, 
it does come to a little bit of an edge. So it's really good for those horses that sometimes need just a little extra reminder. And yet you, you certainly wouldn't want to overbit them, right? The ones that are sensitive and too sensitive to put anything stronger than a snaffle in. But, you know, those also can sometimes tend to be the horses that spook or that bolt or, you know, so it's nice to have a little bit of that extra um, half halting hand yeah. if if and when you need it and well, then the, you just yeah, can go right back to making peace that's the novo contact okay yeah okay. that one has been very successful just at the horse you're describing vivian for me it, it's an event horse it's a it's almost an advanced horse and so but she's very sensitive and so that that bit has been very helpful for her because it's a fairly new newer bit isn't it for springer it is, it is, but yeah, it is, it has quickly become one of my favorites, one of my go-tos for exactly those sensitive horses that, you know, you would never want to overbit them. And yet, you know, every now and then you just want or need a little extra something. Exactly. So you talked a little bit about sort of the, the loose ring. Can you talk a little bit about the fixed cheek piece as well? Sure, sure. So the the loose ring i think we're all familiar with what what a loose ring is and sort of what it what it does it one thing that we don't think about though maybe with a loose ring is that it 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 is a it's it can be such a mild bit for a couple of different reasons one is if you think about the you know a, a bit lies across over the top of a horse's so with a loose ring the horse actually has a little bit of wiggle room with the tongue so if the bit is putting undue pressure on the horse's jaw, they can actually, you know, move their tongue and be able to move the the mouthpiece, if this makes sense. I I yeah. talk a lot yeah, with can, my hands, which obviously you're totally yeah. not seeing right yeah. now. <laughs> right, right. But they can push up against the mouthpiece a little bit, and then the mouthpiece will slide up a, a, along the ring, just like what Philip said. That's perfect. And so they have a little bit of you know, there's a little bit more play in a loose ring and that goes for the rider as well. You know, riders that don't have the ever dreamed about independent seat in hand, you know, the, your hands can be a little noisier with a loose ring and not influence the horse immediately. Whereas anytime you then go to any side piece that gets taken away, right? The horse can no longer sort of move the mouthpiece without because of the fixed cheek. So that's an egg butt, a fixed cheek, a D ring, anything that has sort of a, a a straight bar on the side of the mouth is what we call sort of a fixed cheek. And they come in, you know, many different variations. The most popular for us, of course, in the dressage world is an egg butt. And then also a curb, a Weymouth, right? Really truly is 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 a fixed cheek as well. Yeah. So those are really the ones that we talk about. And then some people still, you know, they're becoming a little bit more popular again for a long time. Well, for like 20 years, I saw very few actual fixed cheeks and, and now it's kind of like the drop nose bands. They're all sort of so cyclical, yeah. right? And they're all starting mm-hmm. to kind of make a comeback again. What's um, old is new again. And yeah, you're going to yes, see full, full yep. cheek snapples <laughs> and yeah. Exactly. So it used to sort of be, you know, uh, you started, you know, professional riders, professional, you know, riders who started many baby horses each year would, you know, very often do that with a full cheek snaffle, you know, just a single, single broken snaffle and a drop nose band, right? Because it was very stable. 
and sort of the the side cheek piece also help with sort of steering the shoulders and teaching you know teaching a baby to to steer and so that's the other thing you know we talk a little bit about lateral stability and really that's that has a lot to do with sort of guiding and aiding the shoulder as well and a little bit that fixed cheek can definitely assist with that along with of course your seat and your thigh and your leg yeah. and, and, yeah. and a, little, a little bit of help <laughs> not going to not going to totally simplify this however <laughs> it is dressage we're talking about so but it yeah. is important. The bit really does make it make a difference. And like you were saying earlier, there are now bit fitters. And if you can ride kind of quickly in succession with different bits, you can really feel a difference. They're really, or your trainer for sure can. Um, so I think yeah, it's really it's, important. Yeah, it is so, so true. Yep. And again, you know, you have to be, the, uh, you know, there's so much science to this, but at the end of the day, you know, it's an art as well. And, and, you know, there are two beings and all of the things that, you know, we can wax poetic about dressage and what, you know, what we all find so beautiful is also what does make it quite complicated. And you, you can't be afraid to experiment, you know, experiment with different bits, experiment with different materials, you know, just, we don't know what our horses, our horses definitely speak to us, but we're we're not always the smartest and the quickest to sort of pick up on what they're trying to say. <laughs> so experimenting, <laughs> yeah. So experimenting is is really the way to go. And 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 again, you know, if you yeah, the how you know, work with people that are more experienced with you, trainers, coaches, fit fitters, you know, people who are, are are educated, equestrian dentists. Even though they don't necessarily know a whole lot about bits, they can certainly tell you about the anatomy of your horse's mouth and you know that should then be another springboard for you just to be willing to experiment and and try and vivian you also are great at answering questions and that's just a great segue if people want to get in touch with you or learn more about the Hermspringer products how can they do that oh well i mean if it makes sense we can definitely do a q a on the on podcast at some point i mean that might be kind of fun so, yeah, Fantastic. you can send your questions into either me or Reese, I guess. And for sure, we're going to have Vivian on, you know, back on talking all things bits. And maybe we can uh, get enough questions for a full sort of segment on on questions and bit questions. Because I'm sure people have that'd a lot. That would be really fun. Yeah, that would yeah, be, that'd fun. be super fun. I have that a lot of questions all the time. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> yes. Well, we, we are lucky because we can just, you know, we just get a hold of Vivian and it's fantastic. But send us our questions. You can send it to me at Reese at Horse Radio Network or Philip at uh, Horse Radio Network. Yeah, Philip at Horse Radio Network. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Well, Vivian, thanks so much for your time today. And we look forward to more bit questions in the next couple months. Great. Thanks so much, Reese and Philip. It's always a pleasure. Well, Phil, we've got a great Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, but as always, we really like to tell people how much we like the Stability Stirrup Leathers, and they are fantastic. I just saw on Facebook, somebody was asking, do you really like those wide stirrup leathers? I'm like, they are slightly life-changing. So I, I highly recommend them. I just saw them right before we got on the show. It was on like a local chat. Like, are these really worth it? And I'm like, yes, they're really worth it. So we're well, a huge fan. I mean, fans. Uh, is it worth it to order them and, and to try them out and have that money back guarantee? 
I think so. I think you, I mean, you can order them from Justin, you're getting free shipping most of the time anyways. So I don't think you're risking a whole lot to to give them a try. And and that's what I tell people. I've been really lucky to be able to introduce because people, oh, you know, kind of come up and, oh, that's different, you know, and, and, and I explain to them, you know, the whole idea behind them. And, and I think it makes sense to a lot of people. And a lot of people are out there now riding in these stirrup leathers and, and loving them. So yeah, give them a try. You won't be sorry you did. No, for sure not. So we really like it. And as always, you can find the products on totalsaddlefit.com. And Justin is always fantastic about answering questions. But so we've got a great interview for the Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week with Ruth. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, tonight we are so excited to have Ruth McCormick on. She is one of our favorite listeners, and she just rode her first time at dressage at Devon. Ruth, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Reese. Well, uh, really, I I have also had an experience at Devon, and it, there's really there's nothing like it. So, can you tell us a little bit about your experience at dressage at Devon? Sure. Well, I'll tell you that for about 25 years, I've had experience at dressage at Devon, but mostly shopping, watching warm ups, kind of soaking in the the showgrounds there because it's a really special place. But I never, for the longest time, thought I'd ever ride there. So a couple. Two years ago, I got a 12-year-old, well, he was 10 then, gelding Benji. And, you know, we've been showing, but we don't, we don't really show a lot. We show maybe, you know, six, eight tests a season. And, but I thought, hmm, might have the scores. He's been going really well. And I applied. And, of course, you don't really find out until about hmm, a week or so before, maybe 10 days before, whether you get in because most of the scores, I think they stack rank them and then, you know, make the cut of who gets in. So we got in. And at fourth level, which for people not in this country is the level right below pre-St. George. And it was nothing, kind of like nothing like any other show. I'd never been to a completely away show. I'd been to a show where he stayed overnight, but I didn't. So this is about 100 miles from my house. And I um, was in the CDI barn with the international level horses, which was, you know, like I had a wristband. So I thought that was really kind of exciting. And, you know, my horse loved it because we got the night watch and somebody came around not only to check on him, but to give him hay if he needed it every two hours during the night. So he's, he's having a little trouble acclimating to home because he's wondering where his room (laughs) service is. Yeah, yeah, he's not getting the every two hours feeding. So yeah, yeah. That's a dangerous thing. Exactly. No, he's he's good, though. And right before I left for Devon, we went on Wednesday. The There's a breed show, and that goes the first couple days, and then the performance show starts Thursday afternoon. So it was great because I got to walk around, and I got to ride in the warm-up ring a number of days before I showed because my tests were the later ones in my group, meaning my barn group. They were Saturday and Sunday, which is great because I screwed up my back uh, Tuesday morning and couldn't ride Tuesday. By Wednesday, I could walk, but I couldn't trot or canter. And fortunately, with a little help from Advil and from exercises, I was okay by the weekend. But that added a little drama. Oh, always drama, right? Always drama. 
Right. So tell us what so, did you do on those days where you were just, you were schooling and that kind of stuff? How did you get prepared? I got prepared. Well, one, I had gone to my chiropractor and had exercises to do. So it's funny when you're, when you're really hurt and you have a goal, how compliant you become with things <laughs> that you might not be normally. I, you know, had others who were riding starting on Thursday. So we would all go and, you know, support each other when that happened. You know, spent more time with my horse. I had, I had a friend who'd come in from Iowa for the show, not she was coming in whether I showed or not, and, and my husband with me. So we pretty much um, went to the showgrounds every day for a good part of the day and either watched others warming up and performing. But the other thing that I did, oh, well, you know, dressage people aren't the – well, they can be party people. I know you, you two are. <laughs> I would I would tell you. We're not completely <laughs> unique in yeah. the group of friends that we, we have. try to keep that under wraps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so we, you know, like we kind of had – made sure we got enough sleep, especially me with my back between that and the exercise and the Advil and then just kind of being careful. It really helped. So I just had that kind of routine. I practiced my test in my head. We'll talk about that later, but anyway, and got used to the warm-up ring because everybody says the warm-up ring there is very busy. And I will tell any of my listener friends that you should make sure you ride with other people a lot you know, if you have the chance. And I know some people are, you know, at home and there's never another horse there, but it was really good that I was used to riding at my home barn, performance farm, which is, you know, there can, during the summer anyway, when, when most of the horses aren't in Florida, there can easily be five horses and people are coming across the diagonal and people are collecting and, you know, you really have to have your, your eyes open while you're riding. And truthfully, if you're in a busy barn, I didn't find the warm-up ring particularly difficult. And personally, I don't really care how famous the riders are, are in there with me because you really can't let yourself focus on that. So uh, riding as busy a ring as you can is what I'd say about. And yeah, so that's yeah, how we a, spent it. It's a good it. tip. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, learn to focus on your own lines and, and riding them and right. keep your head up because a lot of people get thrown thrown off of, you know, by that at a show where, you know, they're like, oh, my horse is so distracted. My horse is so distracted. And then it's like, well, is it your horse or is it you? Because your job is to be the leader and to provide the focus and, you know, do some little things, whether it's adjustments in your tempo or adjustments in your, Mm -hmm. in your stride length or, you know, a little leg or, you know, whatever level you're at, you've got to provide the horse with, you know, stuff to do. Keep your eyes up. Make a plan for what you're going. What you're going to do. You can't decide last second. Like, oh, now I'm going to circle, or oh, and, you know. Mm-hmm. And and if you think about it, you don't generally do that anyways. Right. You just ha- it's just the added thing of some more visuals, or you know, like uh, the experienced riders. If you, if you are riding with, you know, quote unquote famous people, or you know, they're very good about about having their own lines figured out and, you know, you don't have to worry about them too much. And, 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 you know, so again, just, you know, focus, focus on what you want to do, focus on your warm up, focus on your pattern and, and you'll be fine. Yep. And, and also sometimes you have, need to modify it depend because it's not always that easy to read where people are, but it was always overall fine. And I would tell you that um, my trainer did help me, especially because I couldn't ride, but you know, she helped get my horse acclimated to the showgrounds on the day that I really, I, I just got on, a, like walked and then did walk lateral work and then went to trot and went, oops, this isn't going to work yet. So, but I, I focused on that. I did a little shopping, not too much. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's a fair amount to do there. And by now I know some of the vendors, you know, like I would stop in every day for a dark horse 
chocolate sample from Phyllis there. Yes. You know, so it wasn't all, it, you know, it wasn't all work. It was very, and she's a great person. So I kind of spent each day making sure I got enough rest and we paced ourselves while we were there. And by when, by a Thursday, I could walk trot and canter. So that was great. I was, you know, because I wasn't a CDI competitor, I could let my trainer get on my horse. If I was a C- right. CDI competitor, yeah. that yeah. would have been quite right. different. Yeah. And then, you know, the day of the test was a little strange because it's Wednesday and the sh- it's Saturday and the show is starting to get busy. And I was starting to have more people I know, like a, bun- a number of people came to see me, which was great. My two closest riding friends who live near me came there and somebody, oh, an old boss of mine who lives nearby. I mean, but, you know, at the same <laughs> time, you can't, you can't be entertaining your friends right around your ride. So that was kind of interesting. But that was like, I think, a first time, not that they might not come again, but, you know, so that was something I really hadn't experienced before was like kind of people who were friendly with me, like somebody I had, who'd been a 12-year-old at the barn when I started riding when I was about 40. Um, You know, she drove down to see me. I mean, I was really touched by it. It was very sweet. Well, well, it's a big show. All the the people are going to come out. It's on the weekend and, you know. Right. There's a lot of so, chance opportunities for distraction for sure. I, mm-hmm. I don't know about mm-hmm. you, Phil, but it, that's something that, you know, I think professional writers deal with. And one hour before the time I get on, I am kind of have to go into my own little bubble. So yep. that's how I deal with that. I, I just, I, one hour before, uh, you know, I need to go in and, and, and go into the stables or wherever and, and take a deep breath. And, and so that's how I handle that. Uh, my sister, who was fine, she liked all the shenanigans. For me, it was too much, and I needed an hour. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind a little of the distraction because, yeah, yeah, I I can get a little bit too focused and and too I just work myself up a little bit. So if somebody comes by and just has a, you know, says hi or whatever, that can break me out of that a little bit sometimes. So it depends. It depends how mm-hmm. it's going on the day. It depends on which horse it is. It depends on a lot of things. So well, but generally, the, yeah, you want to yeah. you want to be able to get in your own space and and execute whatever plan you've got for the day. I walked the test a lot. I found an area between the barns and, you know, walked, you know, pretended it was a dressage ring uh, minus the letters and and walked it a bunch of times because the first day, if you want to go to the first day, I I had er errors in the test. And I don't normally have errors in my test. And and I had been riding four one and four two at the last show I went to, and I think I watched. Oh, I think I I watched in the test of choice class some of each, and I think it didn't help me. I probably shouldn't have watched at all. That had been the night, you know, like oh, the day before. It was okay. too much to watch it. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, and as a kind of a newbie there, you know, maybe more so than others, because I've seen I've seen some of the professionals learn their tests in about an hour. But anyway, so I made a mistake, and I got. I didn't feel nervous exactly, but boy, my brain wasn't working after the first one, and I got wrung out again, um, and I didn't even, I was having trouble placing what I had missed and had to ask the judge. Now, I just asked her because, like, I don't want to be so embarrassed that didn't ask her, and then, you know, I picked up and, and then I picked up and finished the test. So, you know, the score suffered, but it was a great learning experience. Overall, and then the second day, let me tell you, the test was clean. You know, so you know, you learn a lot from that experience. I, and at the end of the day, that's really why we show, isn't it? To kind of test how yeah. we are, you know, outside of our normal environment. Because, yeah. you know, I certainly it was, you know, it's humbling, and I also learned that um, things that aren't yet really consistent at home or aren't correct or extreme enough, really, uh, what got me at the show. Like, for instance, 
I needed no more forward. And that, you know, when something happened, I got less forward, not more forward. Yeah. And I made a so lot of, of progress course. on I mean, that in the last I, six you know, months. I, but, I, yeah coach a lot of shows and, and then they say oh well it's just like you know the people come out of the test and we have a chat and you know a, a reflection on how it went and oh it's just like you told me at home and it, i didn't feel this i didn't feel that i said well okay that's fine it's not a surprise right usually we're not surprised by by what's what's going to go on during the test when we get stressed our our the worst things are going to come out and and we're going to mm-hmm. see it but but it's all about like what do you do about that like do you go home and do you really work on that or do you just sort of uh, curl up and admit failure and think, oh, this is never going to get fixed? You know, just, you know, it's all about training. That's, you know, that's it, is. it. It is. Yeah. So. And you should see me flying around this week. Yeah, exactly. Forward we are Next time, right? That's what I like yeah. to see is it's okay to make new mistakes, but we don't like to see old, you know, the old mistakes continue, 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 continue. Right. So, Ruth, I was just going to ask you, because you've been to Devon a lot, you've already said that, you know, how was the show overall? Tell us how well the Canadians did, because I love that. Oh, the, I heard oh. the Canadian anthem all the time. <laughs> all the time, Phil. I think I heard it more than the U.S., by the way. I think, I and think, I, I think that's absolutely true. It is. I think that's which, well, at least that I heard it more. I mean, I think the younger riders cleaned up. I didn't go to the freestyles. Like Saturday night, I was um, my test. My second test was at eight thirty nine in the morning, so it was not a night to go and sit at the freestyle till ten or eleven it was o'clock. A school night. Yeah. That's what we say. It's a school night. You had to go. Yeah, had exactly. To go home it was a school night. <laughs> so I didn't. I didn't follow the show as closely as I did some other years. But let me tell you, every time there was an award ceremony, I think at least half of the awards were Canadian. And I will tell you, I did hear Jackie Brooks telling the, I, I always love to see the jog and see if I can pick horses they have issues with, telling yeah. the uh, vet that she always follows all the rules. So I thought that was really nice <laughs> and kind of funny, but there it was. Yeah. It was cute. Yeah. 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 Jackie, I think she won the Grand Prix for special and the special, I'm not, I'm not going to say because I don't know absolutely for sure, Yeah. but there was a lot of Canadian victories. I know that. There were a lot. Yes. Which is great. I mean, I actually yeah, Canadians love that show, you know, because it's yeah. not, it's not so far and you know, it's a chance our season is basically done. So we're just catching the mm-hmm. tail end of, uh, of the Northern American season, uh, you know, um, between Socrates, New York, and then Devon, yep. and, uh, Pennsylvania. So they sort of back-to-back those two CBIs, yep. you know, Socrates I, a little I, bit that way, and then they continue mm-hmm. on to Devon for the next week. And so that's, yeah, there's a lot of Canadians that do that. I would also say that I thought offhand the show was a little quieter. Like at one point, maybe on Friday or so, there were still freestyle tickets for Saturday night, and they're usually sold out. I think uh-huh. my impression is they're usually wow. sold out by then. So I think it was a little, a little quieter, and I, you know, I don't know why. Um, so strange when the weather is nice, right? Normally it's pouring. Yeah. And oh. oh, and by the way, it was so hot on Saturday. I was almost dying in my show jacket. It was because I ended up the rider ahead of me was the her test was late for whatever reason, by like 10 minutes, you know, in 10 minutes when you're all warmed up and ready to go and you don't realize that, you know, so I lost a little momentum there, but it was, it was like 85 degrees or 88 degrees. And, you know, normally I have like three jackets on and wrapped up and it's pouring. So I do believe I heard there was a big downpour at the very end of the freestyle. I don't know if anybody, any riders were there, but in general, the weather was warm and sunny and really nice. So 
Uh, Maybe I was good luck for Devin. I think you were. Well, Ruth, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your goals and being candid about how it went. That's so fun. And we can't (laughs) wait to hear how you do next year. And as you continue on with your goals with your horse, it's so exciting. So keep us in the loop and we want to hear about the next big show you do. Thank you so much. Thanks for including me. And I always love you guys. So we love having you too. Thanks. Okay. We'll see you soon. (laughs) Okay. Bye-bye everyone. Well, Phil, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. We say it all the time, but Phil, I had a great idea today and you liked it because I've already run it by you. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) that is actually, so Ruth contacted us. She's a great listener of the show and she's become a friend of ours and we love, love, love seeing her. We see her at all the big events. She said, I'd really love to tell everybody about my experience of dressage at Devon. It's been my goal for 25 years to ride there. And I was riding today. And actually in the mail today, I got my bronze freestyle bar, which was my last main medal that I needed to finish the sixth. So I was really, I've been working hard on that one. And Dominique made her goal of making the makeover. So what we've decided is we would love to have you guys as the listeners send us some goals. What you've well, achieved. Yeah, tell us about your, your accomplishments mm-hmm. for for 2019 there's still some regionals happening and maybe some yep. nationals happening but you know if you're if whatever your goal was and you've accomplished it or even if you haven't and if you learned a bunch of stuff along the way or we, we would just like to do try and do yeah. a show of you know of getting some some listeners on just to talk about talk about how our summers have gone how our test riding has gone how our learning has gone you know, you know, we uh, yeah, try to and reaching your goals or not, like you said, not reaching. It, it's okay. We, we want to hear all of it. And Ruth was really candid on what happened to hers. And that was really cool. So we would love, love, love to hear. So the best way to get in touch with us, you can do it through the Facebook page, the dressage radio, Facebook page, or you can send Philip and I an email. And what we'll do is we'll sort through them and we would love to have a few listeners on the show to talk about it. So I think it's going to be really fun. I'm, I'm jazzed about it. And it's, it's the reason we got up this morning in a hundred degree heat to go to the makeover. It was because it was Dom's goal and it was, it was fun. So we look forward to that. So please don't be shy and uh, we'll remind you guys a few more times. <laughs> Great. Well, I think <laughs> I think I think we can put together a decent show uh, so. you know, of listeners and stuff like that. We have lots of listeners that that we call on sometimes to come on yep. on the show and, and to help us out with some content and stuff like that. So don't be shy because yeah. we'll love to have you. It'll be a lot of fun. Well, Phil, the United States Dressage Federation is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org for more information. That's www.usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. You can also find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me probably the best way is on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Keep your heels down and your shoulders back this week. And we look forward to talking to you next week.